0: Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Kofheh, We are, right? Uh, we are on the Mishnah, the last Mishnah in Parak and then we will finish this Parak and go on to the next Parak of Rabbi Eliezer which is called the Parak HaOirig. So the Mishnah says like this: Hakosev Shte Halambais. So someone wrote two letters, and he wrote it while having two forgettings for each for for, for the process, meaning. Your typical halama, your typical forgetting of Shabbos. Then you then you do the action. You you uh, you carried on Shabbos. You ate chaylev. Over here, the person forgot it was Shabbos or he forgot that this is asr and he wrote one letter, and you need to write two letters to violate kasiva writing, but he remembered in between letter number one and letter number two. Then the Mishnah continues, and the way Rashi understands it means he did one letter in the morning and one letter in the afternoon. But he he uh, and, and he uh, he, he uh, that, that's considered two halamas. So Rabbi Machayev Now Gamlil says your That is not called knowing in between. And the Your that we have this way back that there is yad, lachati shir, so we know. Now let's say a person eats a kazayas a so they have to bring a carbon chatas. So we spent many dafim talking about this. Let's say a person ate a kazayas a then he finds out that he's not allowed to eat it, then he eats another kazayas a So halacha is, it splits up, he's chayev, two karbanas. So the question is, that everyone agrees to when it's two different uh, shiurim, kazayas, kazayas. What if he ate half a the kazayas, then he knew about it, then he ate another half a kazayas. So that's the discussion of yadiyah lechazi So according to... To uh, Rabbi Gamliel, any and therefore your are chayev. According to, to the rabbanon, there will be yedia lachatzisheir that knowing in between the two letters, and that would be considered a break in the action, and we don't combine the one letter and the other letter, or half a kazayis, the other half of kazayis, and you do puter. So we're just gonna see it inside. My what's the Rabbi Gamliel, any that that just knowing in between half and half one letter another letter that's not a break in action that's still considered one act and you would bring a carbon even if you wrote one letter in the morning and one letter in the afternoon that would be considered uh, Carbon, you y- to bring a carbon. But is here just knowing in between the full shear that it's br- a break in the action, and I will not be chayev to bring a carbon. How do so we completed the parak So the next parak gets into some more malachis of Shabbos, and we're going to start with the weaving process. So the weaving process is pretty technical. If you have an arsel Gemar, the the in the back of the artsal Gemar there's an appendix, and Spend some time on it very interesting based on many uh, things that are said that's all so Just in short The 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 point the way the way you have to the, the weaving process is you are interlocking threads You know one in one out or one up one down going through You have vertical threads and horizontal threads and you're trying to weave something. So There's a few steps to the process in a very simple way. The first step is setting up the vertical threads. Now, setting up the vertical threads, you have to wrap it really tight so that you so that you would have an even cl- uh, cloth. So that first part is called mesach to set up the threads. That's an isodarisa, one of the lamatas Tesmalachas. That's the warp. Okay? It's called a Shesi, It's the vertical. That's the mesach. And then you would have to set up the horizontal threads. However, you would want to to be able to and that's the weft. And over there, you had some type of contraption because you don't want to be doing the horizontal one at a time; it would take you forever. So what they would do is they would pick up the, the threads so that as you're putting the horizontal threads into the vertical threads, you're lifting up every other vertical thread. So you pick it up, put your put your thread in, put it down, pick it up, put it down, and you would that, that would be your contraption of. Sewing on Shabbos of, of weaving so that is called shnei batinirin to put in this contraption this heddles, uh That's called oisei shte batinirin So that's another malacha we have on Shabbos. Okay, so let's see the the Mishnah we, You don't have to know all the technical details You can look at the appendix if you have time over Shabbos just to get a little background To what exactly is the weaving process? So the Mishnah says This is the 13th parak of Shabbos, Rabbi Yezah Omer. Ha'areg, someone who weaves shloisha Chutin batchila. So the the initial three threads, that would make someone chayif for weaving on Shabbos. However, let's say you already have uh, uh, clothing, you already have part of the cloth woven already. So it's achas al ha'areg. So just by putting one, adding one thread to the woven uh, item already, Chayev. We had this opinion of Rabbi Leza before that if you write one letter at the end of a word, you're Chayev. So to over here, I add one thread, one weave to the to, to part of an existing beged, I'm Chaiv. The Khachamma the Kham are gonna say what they're doing it in the beginning, whether you're doing it at the end, Shi'uroy the shear is always gonna be in two threads Just by the way, the chum hold that it lets say you took one letter and you finished a book with writing one letter, they agree to your chayef. So too here. Toysus points out that if you had an entire bag, you had a shirt that needed one last stitch, one last thread, so even the chacham would agree that that's called finishing it off, that would be chayef. However, let's say you're in the middle of something, so then they don't, Then the chacham don't differentiate between you just started off, you're in the middle, either way, you need to have Two threads. Now, ha'aisa So this would we would assume means you're you have this contraption where you're you have the heddles which are these loops that would hold on to the vertical threads and you would pick them up so you could you could put the horizontal threads to every other. Uh, thread that was that was vertical. So if someone does this beniren and the Gemara is going to ask, it seems repetitive, batiniren, beniren, bekeirois, we're going to explain each one of these words, benafa, asiv, bekvara, basal, all these things, baskets, you're doing some type of weaving process, halacha is, you are chayv, and the Gemara is going to explain this. Next, the someone who sews, shtey two stitches on Shabbos, and someone who tears something on Shabbos, in order to sew. So what's the shir? Two stitches, that's the minimum size for sewing and for tearing in order to sew. So the Gemara, the Gemara says like this, When Rabbi Yitzchak came from Yitzhak to Bavel, he taught the following uh, Mishnah, and he says like this, that our Mishnah says, Rabbi Lazar said, Shtayim. Rabbi Lazar said to, and not three, that the first two things that the threads that you weave make you hai. So the Gemara says, hold on. Va ananth, our Mishnah says three. So how could Rabhitsla come and say Rabelezim? Shte we know three. So the Gamar says, like Kasha, Sanakasha. Ha baalimi. One of the gears, one of the versions of this Mishnah was talking about thick threads. And Baba one was talking about thin ones. Now which one would be three, which one would be two? Either one makes sense. So, Some said it this way and some said it that way. How do we, how do we uh, figure that out? So some said that our mission is talking about thick threads and you need three and the thin ones you need two. So alime the thick ones, Talasa, only if you have three threads Woven together, that's when you're chayev. Why? Because when you have thick threads, lois sasri. When you have three of them, it won't come apart. But tray, when you have two threads, sasri. The point is, when you have thick threads, then it doesn't uh, doesn't tie. uh, What's it called? Doesn't bond as well when you just have two, because you have something thick. It's like tying a huge, uh, you know, a big rope. It's not the same as you take like a little tzitzah string, even one, you know, you get a very, very tight knot. So when it comes to to, uh, the thick threads, I need three. Because then, like Sassari, but tray, but two of them, Sassari, it would come apart. what about the thin ones? Even uh, two threads together, woven together is a very strong bond and therefore you'd be chayis. So that's one way of saying it. Thick ones need three, thin ones need two. Some say it the other way. The thin ones, they need tlasa. Why? Because d. Because only with three threads will they be noticeable that they're woven together. Because if it's only two of them and they're thin threads, you, it doesn't look like it's woven. It's just so thin. So t'las yedi, but t'ray, two threads alone, it would not be, would not be recognizable that it's woven. And that's not called a a significant weaving. However, Alimi, the thick ones, they're so thick you could you could uh, track where the thread is going. So Tre Nami D, two of them would be considered a ariga, That's called woven. So there are two ways to learn this, to reconcile. Either way, We had the Mishnah that says three and the Av says two. We got to figure out which one was which. But one of them was talking about thick ones and one of them was talking about thin ones. Okay, so just one or two more technical gemaras and we'll move on to a different topic. So, Tanya, we learned in the Brayse, So someone who initiates the weaving, so it needs to be three chuten. What if you're just uh, adding to something that was already started? All you need is one additional... Uh, weaving high your hive the chachamim oymrim the chacham say batchila whether you're initiating whether you're continuing or even towards the end she will it's always two chuten now what if it's at the edge of a beggar, the edge of a uh, material so here it's a different halacha shnei so you need to have two threads so you have to weave two threads. How, how wide do you have to keep weaving it? The width of three of these heddle loops. So we mentioned in the beginning, if you look at the back of your art school, Omar, you'll see the loops for the heddle. So the loops would, would lift up every other thread. So you need to, in this case, by the edge, you need to sew to weave enough the width of three heddle loops, so that would be six threads in in uh, in width. Now again, these are probably very close to each other, but that will be uh, so. The Gemara says so. The Gemara is, is uh, bothered that it's so small. We're going to see in the next Mishnah that the typical shear, meaning when you have when you're weaving two threads. I can weave two threads like this that you know you take like a twist tie you do it once that's considered weaving so here We're going to see that there's a minimum size for how much you have to weave and it has to be timloy hasid which means Hasid is the, the space between your index finger and your middle finger So that's the typical shear over here It sounds like a smaller one that all you need is three loops sizes on this loom so the Gemara says why is that because that's the way you that, that was the way you would sew the edge. What is a similar? Someone who is weaving a small belt, and it's never going to be the, the size of this. This is, this is so thick, this is so wide, and you're doing a small belt, so let's say you do, you know, across the belt, you're not going to have the size of hasit. Uh, so therefore, you don't need it. Since that's the standard weaving, that's the minimum shear. That's all you need, and you're to be chayv. So you have a smaller shear when we're dealing with the edges. So the Gemara is like this. That which we said, that when you initiate, you need three thread, three three uh, chuten. And if you're just adding, you need one thread. Who is that like? Stomach rebel yezer. That's like rebel Leezer of our Mishnah. We have another brayza. Al hagas, meaning he's continuing a piece of uh, material that's already on the loom, and he's weaves just two chutin, or ala imra, he's starting the beged and he starts with two chayev. So we're going to say that, that that first tana was probably the chachamim. Now, basafa on the edges, just as repeating what we just said. Two threads, the width of three hetel. Looms, uh, loops, chayev, halamaz, diamond, lo'are, you're weaving a thin belt, shnei but it's a smaller size because that's the standard weaving process for that size material, so the edges also, you don't need such a wide Amount of weaving. That which we said, it's two threads. Who is that like? Let's take the of our Mishnah that said two, two threads. Okay, the next Gemara is complicated. Just two lines that we don't really know exactly what the weaving process was because it's hard. It's difficult enough to figure out the standard weaving process. This Gemara is going to tell us there was an alternate version of the weaving process. And look at Rashi, Tosfos, the, the Rishonim—they're trying to figure out what exactly this was. So we'll just we'll just go through it quickly, but it is a, it's a fascinating his you know his history piece of what is the alter, look at the article also in, uh, in the in the appendix they have a paragraph on this Kamara. So So the Mishnah had said So what does that mean? My baniren that you would do this heddle with another heddle. What does that mean? So Amar there was an alternate way of the point was need a contraption to lift up the vertical every other vertical thread so to to expedite the process right if you didn't have any any contraption you were just sewing you would you would okay you would have someone holding the, the, the the vertical threads and you would be weaving each one in between right every single thread you'd have to go up and down in between you know one and three and five and seven but the contraption was it would lift up every other thread, so you could put your thread across, puts it down. You got another one, another one, and th- that you know to to expedite the process. So there was another there was another way to do it. a the So you had some type of uh, reed that would hold. They would wrap it onto this. On you wrap the strings on the onto the onto this reed. So you had two. Wrappings on the warp the chada benira and one of them on this rod So you had one on the rod two on the warp and you would lift it up manually That's what it sounds like like a you would manually lift it up, but you'd have it this rod would be attached to every other uh, every other Vertical thread and that would also expedite the process. It was a different way of doing it with the same result that you would have your Weaving done. So this is what the Mishnah means when it says One more gemara about the technical uh, threads over here So the Mishnah said if you did what's So the Gemara says It was this type of frame that would be done to make curtains. So that was a different type of Loom so you'd also be chayev on Shabbos. Okay, then the Mishnah went on to something else that a someone who sews two stitches is chayev so the Gemara asked the obvious question. We already had this on, by the Mishnah on Daf Ayin Gimel when the Mishnah listed off the Lama Tesmelach. because it told us that Toifer is Chayev? So why are you repeating yourself? So the Gemara says Hatanina. We already learned it Avos Melachos in the Mishnah on Daf Ayin Gimel when we spoke about Avos that someone who sews two stitches is Chayev. So the Gemara says Mishum Dikaboy LeMisna Sefer. It was coming to teach me the end of the Mishnah that not only is, uh, is someone who sews Chayev. Even someone who tears. Someone who's, who tears something on, with intent to now re sow it is Chayev. So the Gemara says that was also stated in that Mishnah. Katani Nami hatayfer. for our Mishnah also said sewing, uh, tearing is a problem. So the Gemara says. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, I read it wrong, but that's the Gemara's Kasha. So, Taninami Attoifer. Since we told, you told me Hakareya, you told me toifer as well. So, Marcus says, You also said Hakareya in that Mishnah. So, the Gemara says, You're right. It's coming to teach me the Seifa of this Mishnah, which is really the next Mishnah on Amir Beis. That's going to tell us that Hakareya someone who tears something when he's angry, or he is tearing over a, a dead person, that he's Pater. So that tearing is Pater, but this tearing is Chayev, Mishim hachi therefore it told me, for shtey tfiris, to teach me that the only time you're Chayev when you tear is when you sew. so that, that I needed to tell me the tearing halacha, I repeated the halacha regarding sewing. Okay, now we're gonna see that Mishnah soon. Vakareh amenaz litfer so the Mishnah concluded that someone who tears with, in, with intent to re-sew the item as let lets you tore a tissue, so you wouldn't be of korea. because and you shouldn't do a midra button probably, but, but uh, the only time it's a chayv darais is when you tear something in order to, re, to re-sew it. So you're redoing your, your pants, you know, a tailor is tearing something to re-sew, to that would be the toifer. So, so what's your classic case? So where you have a begged, you, you have a clothing that has either a pocket or a hem, a cuff, and you're ripping it in order to sew it and, and tailor it properly. So that's a classic example of tearing in order to re-sew it. Not tearing to, dis- to destroy it, but you're tearing it for a constructive purpose. Okay, Zakta Mishnah, so we just mentioned this Mishnah someone who tears in anger in rage the Almesai or he tears his shirt over a dead person the call anyone who does something that's destructive he tears a piece of paper he rips up something Peturin, all these in all these cases he'd be putter as we're going to see in this Gemara and throughout the rest of Masech the Shabbos, there's a concept that makalkel, someone who's destroying something, that's the discussion of opening up cans on Shabbos. That makalkel is potter. You have to figure out why it's mutter or potter, right? Opening your UPS box. So that's a good question. But calling makalkel, it would not be an isser because I'm destroying. All the Lama Tesmalachas are are productive. I am taking food and I'm cooking it. I'm sewing a beggar together, I'm dying something, but when I'm destroying something, there would never be an isser der Okay. Mama I'm, I'm see you're destroying in order to fix so what's the shear? So in all these cases we could find you tore to tow to, to sew you you know you rip down a house in order to build. So or kimesaken the classic shear. What's the size kimesaken? So let's say baina is building is a little bit. So that's the size of 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 uh, demolition in order in order to build to tear in order to sew. It's the same shear, the same size of the productive the. Positive melacha, shir Hamalabin, What's the smallest amount of Malabin which is cleaning or whitening? You know, taking out a stain would be melabin. Hamanapates or disentangling, matzevah, dyeing, matayvah, spinning. All these things. What's the size of a beggar? K'mloy hasit, kuffel. So a sit is the size is the space between your index and middle finger. Cuffle is doubled. That's the size of thread that that is someone who would. Disentangle or dye it or bleach it, that will be the shear for Malachan Shabbas. Someone who weaves to chutin, she kimlayasit. the same thing, will be Kimla Sit. We mentioned on Amar Aleph that this does not apply when it's the edge of a beged. The edge of a beged has a smaller shear because that's the size for the edge of the beged, But your standard weaving has to be two threads over the space of kimlayasit. Sit the the size between the space in index and middle finger. Okay, so the Mishnah told us that someone who tears the Hamasai when he's angry or over a mace, he's putter, because that's called makalkal. It's not a constructive act. So the Mishnah says, I'll ask you a contradiction." We said in the Brisa someone who tears over his anger, he's upset and he destroys something. He tears something. Uba someone who's tearing from avelos ve'al mesai. And this sounds like an added thing, or over his uh, his mace, seems like a relative that died, and he's doing kriya, he's chayev. He, he's chayev on the mechal even though he was mechal shabbos by tearing, yatsu yideh kriya. So let's say a person lost one of the shiva kriya, one of the seven relatives. Halacha is, he has a mitzvah to do kriya. Many learn that it's a mitzvah there, right? So we learn it out from uh, Aaron, when his sons died, It says uh, that they did not tear their clothing because they were Kahanim and they had to serve in the base of Mikvash. It seemingly sounds like everyone else would have to tear Kriya. So fascinating. If someone who tears Kriya on Shabbos He's Yitzah, Kriya, even though he's Mechal Shabbos, so all the Achrein HaMas, if you learn Shochanach, they all discuss the Sim and Shin Mem, isn't that a classic example of mitzvah hababa Avera? where you had a mitzvah and you did it through an avera? you tore your clothing on Shabbos to do Kriya, it's similar to the discussion in Masef someone steals a lulav to shake lulav, so if you ever discuss the concept of mitzvah haba you have to go through this halacha first. That korea, someone who tears on Shabbos, is machal Shabbos, but he's yotza, his kriya. Okay, now, that's that b'risa. So how is that a kasha? Our Mishnah said, ha korea b'chamasai v'ameisai, he's potter, because it's mechalka, you're destroying your shirt. And here it says, yorchaev, yotza kriya, but So much like kasha. Ha b'meis day, ha b'meis t'am When is a person... Chayiv on Shabbos for tearing, that's when he has a chayiv to tear. He, he lost one of the shiva kroyvim, so he has a mitzvah of, of, of rising kriya, right, of tearing. So then, that's considered constructive, because he fulfilled his obligation. But let's say someone tears over a mace to Alma, he heard someone died, and he tears, that is not constructive. You don't have an obligation to tear. So by doing that, you're just tearing your shirt. You're just ruining your shirt. So Gemara says, okay, that's a good, that's a good answer. And logic, logically, it makes a difference between whether it's your mace or someone else that died. But the Mishnah said, Our Mishnah said, His dead person, his, meaning his, his relative. So Gemara says, you're right. Yes, it's one of your relatives that you have to bury, because no one else is going to bury. But we'll find a case that that you're not really chayev to to, uh, to 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 fulfill, to to do velas for. You have relatives which are distant relatives that if that if your immediate relatives are not burying them, you get the obligation of burying them. So it's mesoi. You have to make sure they get buried a proper you know burial. But like a I'll say a step a stepmother or the like, so. Yes, you have to bury them, but you don't write you don't tear and you want to do kriya on them So it could be called Mesa your responsibility, but it doesn't mean you necessarily have the key of of doing kriya So the Gemara says V'i who, just, By the way, if this person was a Chacham chayuve mechayev, Everyone would be chayev to do kriya on this tamad chacham. the tanya Chacham shames HaKo Kroevav The Chacham that dies Everyone's considered his relative. Stigmar says, When everyone's considered his relative, Everyone has to do like his relative, which means hakol They would have to tear kriya alav, hakol a love, They would have to do. They would have to take off their clothing, to to reveal their shoulder. That was a sign of Avelis. Hakol Mavrin, They would eat the Sudas havra, that first meal after they bury the mace. They would eat that. Eat that in the street. So. If he's a chacham, everybody would have to do kriya on him. So the Gemara says, like tricha the lav chachamhu. He isn't. This person wasn't the chacham. He wasn't a Tamacham. Which, by the way, it brings up the the halacha that let's say the you know tamal chacham that dies, so everyone has to do kriya on him. So the place can discuss. You know, bezman What are you going to do? Every every five seconds on four times every five seconds. But unfortunately, all the time, tamid chacham die. So you have different uh, hetarium of why we don't do this. Perhaps someone's Rebbe Movuk, you would do it, or if you feel close to him, or the gadol hadar perhaps one with tear Kriya in that case. I think I once heard that, uh, I think I heard from the right Forsheimer, Shlita, the Rebalski that Sal was Nifter, he, had, he never had so many Shilas. People were asking, should they tear Kriya? Everybody felt like he was their Rebbe. So he said, he said, maybe by the Shleishim, that he never had so many Shilas. People calling asking him, Rabbi Forsheimer from Lakewood, if they would have to tear Kriya on Rabelski's Petira. Okay, just interesting Shiloh. We'll go on. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara's kasha is, if he's a Tamah everyone has to tear Kriya on him. So why are you telling me that there are people that you be putters? The the case was he wasn't a Tamah and he wasn't related to you. So you wouldn't need to, to tear Kriya. So by tearing Kriya on Shabbos, that's makalkel. that's not a constructive act. The Gemara continues, forget about being a Tama Chacham. A regular Elochir, Adam Kashu, Chayuve Machayiv. A person's Chayev 2 Tier Kri on him. And the Ramah says it doesn't mean just someone who's. You know, the best, the perfect Jew. it mean, someone who kept Shabbos, kept kosher. He, when he did averus, he did it because, he, you know, he was lazy, he was tired. But he wasn't someone who did things. Uh, <laughs> so he's called the Adam. <laughs> the Reiser says, why, uh, that someone's children would die? When they're young, is only to get this person to now go and mourn on Adam Kasher. So the Messiah says, hold on, <laughs> then he should go now mourn. Arvon is like a collateral. first takes the children, and then you're supposed to cry for other people. The other way, because he did not in the past cry and mourn on an Adam Kasher. So the many of the Bali write it doesn't mean that this is a mid the and mid the punishment. It means a way to save oneself from these type of tzaras is by crying and being misabal on an adam kasher that died. So that will be a s'chus that you don't. That a person will not lose their children. By the cover, the respect you gave to this person. So you, it's it's a, it's a special schus, and therefore a person should be, will, will, will be saved from these various saras. Now at the end of the day, if this person is Adam Kasher, a person, according to the Gemara, you have to do, do kriya on him. So why are you telling me that it's not my mace, and therefore when I tear on Shabbos... I didn't do anything constructive. What do you mean? I do I do have an obligation. I have an obligation of tearing for an Adam Kasher. So the Gemara says, let's Adam Kasher. The person that died was not Adam Kasher, right? We'll give examples, but uh, we'll be politically correct. He wasn't the Adam Kasher and you uh, you you tore Kree on Shabbos, that's not constructive. So therefore it's makalkal. you're just ripping your shirt, you're ruining your shirt, you're not violating an Isr daraisa. Okay. Now the Gemara says, If a person was there, now it seems like any from Jew, as long as he wasn't he was not a, a mummer, a as long as he wasn't a bad person, a person would, if you're there by Yetzias Neshama, you're there at the moment when the when the person is nifter. When he passes away, you also have to tear Kriya. The Radvaz discusses if you couldn't see him, if you were in a different room. M- many Shilas come up. Someone who's there but when when the soul departs, he has to tear Kriya. is similar to? Unfortunately, a Sefer Torah is burnt, and there's a machoikas this means that it was specifically. You know, it was, there was arson there when a person actually burnt it, or it was, it was an accident. It seems like it had to be there, like it's yes, and Shema. We had a, recently had a Shila, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, the Shul and Duluth burnt. But the halacha is the way we paskin based on the Chacham Tzvi, it has to be, uh, you know, a Mysa Srefa, and it has to be that people who were there, they actually saw it. So, but either way, if you did see it, there would be a chiyav to tear kriya. So to hear how emir al hamais b'shas tzias neshama chiyav He has to tear. So the bar says, okay. So it's not a kasher lo tzricha. De loy kard We're talking about a random person died. He wasn't a tamachacham. He wasn't related to him. He wasn't adam kasher, and you still decided to tear kriya on him on Shabbos. So that's called makako. By the way, there's a fascinating shaila in the nishmat avraham. Doctor Abraham. He brings uh, from the Yezer, the following shaila. Let's say And this is the the was the paisik for Shari Tevich Hospital. So, now that is the, the job of Rav Asha Weiss Shlita. But, uh, so he had the shilo. Does a nurse or a doctor, with they tear Kriya if they're working in a, you know, if unfortunately the patient dies? And it depend, depending on which, which area of the hospital you're working, this could be more frequent than not. So Rav Asha Feinstein was asked to Shiley, He said, 100%. If a from if, a, if a, someone who observant Jew as long as they're not a Russia maybe not even observant as long as they're not a Russia Lahachis a person who's there b'shasit neshama would have to tear Korea. So there are a few reasons why in Shari Tzedek they are make on this. First of all, in many hospitals the gowns are not owned by the nurses and doctors; the hospital owns it itself, and therefore you're not gaining anything by tearing someone else's beged. Perhaps it's a it's a hezik to tear the gowns. Additionally. It could be, and this is, this is a very interesting consideration, that if a, if a nurse or a doctor knows that they're going to have to tear their, their baguette, their shirt, their blouse, or whatever, so, so then there will be an incentive for them to leave when the person dies. So that it might be in the back of their mind that, oh, the, the patient's going to die. Let me get out of here. I don't want to tear my shirt. I got to go, you know, buy a new one. So the are based on earlier acronym, says we don't want any consideration at all in this regard. We want them to have full... Uh, focus on the patient, and they should not tear kriya. But it comes up. Let's say you have a nurse who is off duty, or and she's not there. So perhaps she would tear kriya. But if they're if they're on duty, the doctor's nurse. That's the psaq of the tzitzliyzer in shari Tzedek hospital. Again, Ramiya argues. But I think in shari Tzedek they go with the psaq of the tzitzliyzer, and because we we want the full uh, focus of of the doctor or nurses involved. And you also want someone to be there to say and other other uh, other reasons. So they are told not to tear kriya. Okay. Now, so the Gemara says tina. So we figured out So you, we have, we started with a question. Our Mishnah said someone who tears out, mesa Hamasa, you're It's it's You're just destroying something. Then we brought a Bible that says you're chayiv. So we said, okay, it depends what type of mace. If a person had a reason to tear Kriya, you're Chayev because you did something constructive. You were Yaytze, your mitzvah of tearing. If it was totally destructive, random person, Pater. That's regarding tearing for Kriya. What about Hamase, Hamase? Our Mishnah said you, you tear something in anger, you're chayiv, you're Pater. The other Mishnah said you tear something in anger, you are Chayev. So the Gemara says, <sighs> Being angry, on the other one, that's not a kasha. We have two different, uh, one Mishnah one brysa. Ha, Rabbi Yehuda, Ha, Rabbi Shimon. The brysa is Rabbi Yehuda and the mission is Rabbi Shimon, which Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, the famous Machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, regarding a Moloch HaShin Uh Ha, the brisa that says, you are chai, that's Rabbi Yehuda. Domer And therefore, even though it wasn't constructive, it wasn't the purpose of sewing it back. I wanted to get rid of my anger, so I'm chayiv. HaRab Shimon, that's that's called the malachas sheintziuch Gufa. Dama Malacha sheintziuch lagufa. Poter allows. The hold on a second. When we discuss the pitting of Rabbi Yehuda, imur dashamalei Rabbi Yehuda, that's the masach, I did something good. I, I I did something. I I chopped off the tree, but I needed something else, or I I dug a, a pit because I needed the dirt. But I didn't need the pit itself. Okay, but I, I did something that was misakin, it was constructive on Shabbos. It wasn't the real intention of the Mishkan, so it's called the Malach HaShayn chalagufa, but I did something good. I wanted the light off. So, uh, this something over here. When a person totally destroyed something, is that called? It uh, should be less than that. So, Rabbi Oven, Rabbi Ovin says, fascinating, who by tearing in your rage, that is also a person is appeasing his Yitzhara, he's burning with anger, and by tearing something, he could calm himself down. So the says, are you allowed to do this?" Someone who tears his, his clothing in rage, He destroys things when he's angry. He chucks his money out when he's upset. It's as if he was That's the, the uh, job of the Yitzhara. Today he tells you do this. Follow your drive. Your inner. Drive, do a little more tomorrow. If you lose control of your life, you'll end up doing the worst things in the world. So you can't lose control and tear things in your rage. So the most "Oven, the says, You shouldn't bow down to an Elzar that sounds like in you. Bcha. What's the Elzar, a strange God that's in the goof of a person? Have the This is your drive. This is this is your anger. So, you have to curtail it. You can't start burning things and destroying things. So, the Gemara says, This person's totally calm, but he wants to make a point and he wants to show people he's upset. So, he kicks something, he destroys something to make a point, which again, the Gemara and other places in the Shas that a person should never do this in his house. you got to reconcile those two Gemara's. The Gemara says, You should never be matal ema But here it sounds like. It will be somewhat constructive, so it depends on the situation. he would tear the edge of his clothing. he would break broken kalim, so he wasn't destroying his baltashchis. He took something that was already broken and destroyed it further. Amsei Munini he would he would pour uh, fish juice, herring, on his uh, the head of his maidservant. Rabbi Avi Nichtema. He would break the cover of a pot in order to show that he's angry. So you do see somewhat constructed, even though, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because it might be But that's when a person's acting with rage. But if you're doing it to make a point, you're not angry, you're you're totally calm, right? So uh, then you can do it. Okay. So, someone who has tears flowing from his eyes. On a Adam Kasher that died, Hakadosh Prochus Hu Hakadosh Prochus counts them. Umanichem, Beis base he puts it in a in the storage room. Shnemar Noidi, which sounds like my cup, right? The Mordechai and David, right? Your your daddy dear. So, ata, you're counting. My Noedi, Sima Demasi Ben Aidecha, you put it into your flask. Halay besifra secha. And you're counting them. Someone who's lazy doesn't give a hefid, proper hespit to a taman that died. This person should be punished in his own life, should be buried. When they buried Yeshua, they did not give him the proper cover. The... The mountain trembled. It's called Har Gash. There's no such thing as mountain of Gash, but it means they trembled to kill them because they did not uh, give the proper respect to Yeshua. Someone who's lacks in his hesped of a he out of a long life. There's a concept of Mida, Keneged Mida. Where do we see this concept of Mida, Keneged Mida? That Kadesh pays us back in the same measure as we do. So, Besasa sounds like the Mida of a Sa, a certain measurement of Chet. That's what the Baruch punishes us with. They ask the following question How could you tell me that the people of Yeshua? didn't bury him properly. They died young. That's not true. Rabbi Yechner said the following Shiloh. They lived a long life. So the Gemara says, You you're Bavlo, you're a person from Babel. Hashem gave them a long days. That they had good days, but shanim loych. They didn't have a long life. So Mar says, really? We differentiate between and Yamim and Shnoisov. Elamayata the Pasik says, we say this in Kriyishma, you mechem vime venechem, yamim shanim, it means only you can have good days, not a good life, a long life. Summar so says, no, brahcha shani, when a person gets a bracha, uh, it means a long life, but when the Torah specifically said that they had long days, it doesn't necessarily mean they had a long life. If uh, one of uh, brothers dies, so someone in the family dies, all the brothers, all the uh, the family members should be, should be fearful because there's a, a sign on this family that Something's up. And it's actually born in Shulchan Aruch, that the first few days of Shiva, a person has to think about it, that maybe maybe it's, it's, a, it's a Shas Kittrug. Echa ibn Chaburah Shemis, not just someone in the family, even a Khabura. you have a shul, you have a yeshiva, you have a camp, whatever. Someone from the Chaburah dies. Tidak kola Kula. People should be concerned. And you should uh, mourn properly. Some say that who would be the first one that would die. The greatest one, the, the, the least greatest one would die first. So go figure it out. In Shemayim, who, who died first. But either way, when someone dies, it's part of a part of a chabura. So that's the uh, concluding Gemara on this. And tomorrow, in my backyard, we will continue Shabbos uh, daf kovav. And we'll get to some of the more more halachas regarding the on Shabbos. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Shabbos.